thank you for joining us, Space Between. This is Joey Natolo. And Eddie Donaldson, a.k.a. Gorilla One. we got a very special guest, Sammy Baptista. Sammy Baptista. What's happening, brother? Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming in. I want to talk to you about skateboarding, art, surfing, everything and above, and where you were then and where you are now. And Let's... Yeah, just happened to it a little bit. I was um, reading about your story and when you became uh, pro skating pretty young too, yeah? Yeah, like I was sponsored young and then it took me a little bit, but like it's, I was up with like so many amazing skaters that it just, I don't think anyone really, the transition from am to mm -hmm. pro, it was like pretty much when I was from Fulfill the Dream on, people put me, I think, on the level. So I don't think anyone noticed when I actually turned pro, but. I was like sponsored at like 13 in a pal video, even like 12 or something. So pretty early, you know. Child so, prodigy. Yeah, somewhat, you know. Yeah, man. Thanks. Well, no, that's what we were talking about last time is because when, because uh, I had my kids skating, I always had half pipes at my house. You know, I surf and skate, and you want to believe that you are the best, or at least are on your block, the best on your block. Yeah. Right? So I was always like getting my kids into it because I was, that was my thing. And this little kid came to the school, ended up being my son's best, becoming my son's best friend was uh, Alex Midler. And this little kid was doing some shit. You'd be like, wow. Then you were like, oh, my kid doesn't skate. Now then people come by, your kid skate? Kind of. Yeah, Before no, that, no. I was like, he's, you know, he's the, he's super fly. Yeah. But it's, then you see someone like Alex, you're like, he, he's normal. <laughs> especially in California, like something about like, like a lot of football players come from Compton. You know, a lot of basketball players come from L.A. A lot of the most amazing skateboarders come from L.A., the Valley. And, like, Alex Midler, yeah, he's an amazing skater. And so he definitely, he's somebody that when I seen at, at a young age, I was like, this kid's going to be someone, you know. But it's funny because you always, you never know who's going to pan out or not because so many other things happen. But, I mean, he's somebody I'm very impressed with to this day. I've seen he was in the trap. He's, his Instagram's, like, polarizing, too. So I came across it, and I was like, what's this kid doing? And he was in, like, a Travis Scott video and, like kick with back lip that uh, big double kink rail in the valley frost was pretty gnarly, you know. So he's an amazing skater for sure. He yeah. would ride it like a 32 star. I'll never forget one time we did a we had a big air uh, Red Bull had a big air ramp at ASR and this 10 year old kid came in and completely shredded and everyone was like yeah because this was like the first kid I'd ever seen that young that was able to drop in on something that big. Yeah, that's crazy. That was uh, OG stuff too. ASR and Red Bull. And that, Red Bull is probably just getting started. Huh? Yeah. Who's that kid? That was kid from the from Malibu actually. That did that like ten sixty or mm. whatever it was. It did the um, what's his name? It's Mickey something. No, yeah, he was with one of my son uh, son's other friends. He did this some what is it? You three. Uh, yeah, he did seven twenty. Uh, he did something. the ten ten eighty. Yeah, then then yeah, I think so like it's way further than I know. Three yeah. weeks later, Tony Hawk did it. But I think he did it first. Yeah. I'll think of his name in a minute. But it was maybe the, maybe Tony Hawk did the 900 first, then he did the 1080 or something. Something like that. Know. Yeah. There's some little young kid too, like a little, just like. It's no fear. No, dude. His dad built it like, I wouldn't call it a ramp. It's like a takeoff pad to yeah. his house, and they had enough land in Malibu, and this kid just sat there just trying to launch, you know, the biggest air you could possibly launch. It's wild that the uh, the his evolution. Because like the um, the ramps got bigger too, you know. So yeah, like the mega ramps. To go on like a twelve foot vert ramp and do an air like that, it's probably super hard. You got to pump super hard. But then when you have like a fourteen, fifteen foot one that goes at the bottom of a mega ramp, you just get so much air, you know. Speed. That's what they say in skating. Like speed is the key. You know, it's scary, but the more speed you got, the more you can accomplish. You know. That's like surfing too. Speed is your friend. Yeah. You know. 
And you surf too, as well. Yeah, I grew up surfing. I'm from Santa Barbara, and so we'd surf, skate, everything. And then it's interesting because I remember telling my good friend when I was, I have six older brothers, and so like every one of them did something different, had friends that did something different. And then I remember telling my friend, uh, Mike Graves, I was like, if I ever quit surfing, like just sock me right in the face. And I ended up quitting surfing, but it wasn't, I skated so nobody tripped, but I think it was too difficult to get to the beach. And not too difficult, but I was too antsy. And then so once I got uh, used to skating, I was like, I don't want to have to wait to drive to the beach and wait for waves and stuff. But yeah, you just want to be able to roll out the exactly. front door. But I love surfing, and it's a, something about being on your board out in the water and, like, looking. Something about detaching yourself from land and, like, looking at it is something, like, centering and, like, meditation itself, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what that's I was say my life. Are you kidding me? Because I lived in the hood. And my mom would go go to the beach, you know, like that was like such a bad place to be because I like being in the neighborhood. But she said, go to the beach because that would keep me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being the thing that most likely got you in trouble. Saved, well, <laughs> it, saved my life. It, did, it saved my life. I've been in a lot of great ways because the ocean, the camaraderie of surfing, you know, that, that lifestyle. But you find trouble anywhere, you know what I mean? But it did. It, did, it opened up another door. Of leading into, you know, some yeah, other I used to get in a lot of trouble at the beach when I was a kid. We used to take the beach bus to Malibu. Yeah, yeah, the beach and bus. And drink was the like, whole way there. <laughs> that was when, you know, you see the older kids listening to Led Zeppelin and the music. It was, because that was like the seven. No, it was 80s. I'm not that old. But it was, uh, it was, it was fun. Going to Westwood, jumping to the beach, going to Santa Monica 17. Yeah. That's what it was. It was always the same, like, crew with all my uh, sister's older friends and, it was great. Ironically was enough, Zuma was my first beach experience, and like that's where I spent most of my time when I was young. Because we used to take the bus from Thousand Oaks, I think from Thousand Oaks High School. Were you hitting stuff on the way? To the yeah, we had, yeah, it was a mess by the time we got there. <laughs> yeah, acid's kicking in when they're letting us off. I think I was like 13, 14 years old. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's cool, all the stories. Like I think about that sometimes where I'm like, California holds so many stories you know like if you could just get a little glimpse of each story that's happened in each place in this state because there's so many yeah, it's magical here and, yeah definitely magical here so you're going through skate and doing your thing you had an accident kind of change the trajectory of what you were doing yeah yeah exactly like it was i look at it as like i don't know you, you live your life just going so fast you know what i'm saying and i was like every single thing i did it seemed to be working out and um i think that like I had a low point after skating and then I like hit like I look at it like a plant gets cut back and each time a plant gets cut back it grows back better you know what I mean and so like my plant got cut back after skating and then when I came back I was like feeling life again you know what I'm saying and like in my groove and um it just I think it just happened to humble me you know what I mean and be more in tune with like just we were talking about like looking at a bird flying or like a plant growing and understanding that like you aren't worse or better you just are and so now that's kind of how i look at life is that i'm like i had all these crazy dreams you're in a coma for what 15 days or 16 days i was in a coma for uh 13 days or 16 days i think i can't remember and woke up and just like pretty much dead you know what i mean like i would cough and like almost uh choke and then like i could barely drink water and i could barely eat food and they're like Telling me, 
I have to eat because I'm not going to get enough nutrients. If I don't eat, they're going to have to put the tube back down me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't eat, though. Were because you wrapped? Because like, when you go to burn center, you're... Yeah, like, wrapped. I can't even... I didn't even look at my face or nothing. I didn't know what was wrong. My brother came. He didn't know how messed up I was going to be. And so... But at that point, it's like a good metaphor for life because I was like, I'm alive. You know what yeah. I'm saying? In one of my dreams, we had talked about earlier about a lot of the dreams, but one of them I didn't touch on is that I was in... Um, I kept waking up in my dreams, and that was reality, but I was still dreaming. I woke up, and I was in Brazil, and it was random because I think the nurse was speaking Portuguese to my brother. And so my mind, yeah, I was like, took you. yeah, I was in Brazil, and I woke up, and I was like, I made it. You know what I mean? I didn't even care that I was so messed up. I was like, I made it. You know, right? I'm alive. You know, and I was, I was speaking Portuguese in my dream. And I remember this nurse walking by and like laughing because I was like, ah, like I'm alive, you know what I mean? Like I made it. And so, um, yeah, it was just crazy. That's um, great. Yeah, like crazy awakening of like everything could be stripped from you, but if you got your life, you're still winning, you know. So it just had me have a way different outlook on life. And then my my wife was ten months pregnant at the time, and so it was just like take this kid who literally had this amazing trajectory of life like you're saying you know what i'm saying but at the same time i'm going up my mind isn't always in tune with like what the correct things are in life you know what i'm saying and right. so from the accident and i've always been in tune with like all right you got to get money you got to be on the right page you got to do the right things in life to like you know what i mean make it cool for your family and everything but not understanding how much like spiritual things can be off track when your material world is on track. Yeah. And so it just like imploded everything and made it to where all I had was the spiritual outlook of life. You know, and one of the dreams too was like, you know, I was watching this uh, Manolo tapes. There's all these amazing mixtapes. Like he'll go and uh, of skate videos, he'll go to with Aaron Meza and get all the old school footage of EMB and all this. And he'll remix it over like, uh, um, it's a little off track, but whatever it's, all that EMB, a lot of the footage, and in my dreams, I was like looking down at the ground at one point, and all I could see was like bricks moving, but it was the sound of skateboarding over bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was just so calming, you know. And like when um, I woke up, I just realized like to get back centered, whether it's surfing or skating, and just be with my family and just more on track. But yeah, it definitely was like the dreams just they went in so many different directions, and one of them was like uh, the Buddhist monks were like. Not Buddhist monks, but like Shaolin, like not soldiers, but like ninjas or whatever you want to call right, them, were yeah. running up with water over and over and over these steps. And they were running and I was watching it from like, it was weird because a lot of the dreams, it was like I was watching the movie through my own lens yeah, of my like eyes. Yeah, you were there, but it was... Yeah. I wasn't there, yeah. It was like just watching it. Like you could see you, but it was just like a perception of like your eyes seeing that like that yeah, yeah. exactly yeah like that yeah I, and I couldn't figure out why it was happening you know what i'm saying but when i woke up it definitely put it in more perspective and i was like you know just i think that everyone in life you get so much you, we all want things you know what i'm saying and these things tend to like now make us who we are when in reality we are who we are and the things are just an adaptation or not adapted they're like an extension of who we are, you know? So that, that core of you, when you're true to yourself, then all the other shit doesn't matter. And when the accident happened and when I woke up from out of the coma, I was like, all right, like, I'm alive. My wife's here. And I didn't know if I was going to skate or not. So it's just really wild. You know, I still deal with it. I still got scars. And 
before that time, were you spiritual or did you go to church? You know, like, what was your, yeah. your twist? Um, I was, you know, I was really spiritual. And like, I mean, that's why it's dope to be on this show. Like, we'll just keep it 100. Like, I had uh, another, I, I'd taken mushrooms when I was up in the mountains one time and like had a vision of how the universe was set up. You know what I'm saying? And like, you guys were talking about quantum physics earlier and that's a huge part of everything, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. we were on a different page, we were talking about the simulation. And when I realized that there's things happening that couldn't be happening unless it was a simulation. Right. But um, when you realize that, it puts you in this weird headspace because you're like, all right, like almost um, Blade Runner type thought process. You know what I'm saying? Are you created or are you just here or what is this? And then when I took mushrooms, I seen it and it was like the, um, I get a little anxiety talking about it because it's, it's hard to explain, but literally the eye in the sky was looking over the whole universe. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And whether it was God or whatever it was, that eye was looking at everything, non-judgmental or anything. And the, the, um, every single thing that was material, it was of the other side. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to say like God and the devil, but it was just light and dark because I don't think when it boils down to it, it is that. I just think that there's this and there's this, just like right. there's the sun and there's, there's the moon. moon. Yeah. And so when I was on, uh, before the accident, I was very spiritual, but I believe that I was using, um, it's like if Neo were to go into the matrix and be fucking with everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you go in the matrix and you do what you do and you get out. You know, and I was like in here like, ah, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm loving it. You know what I mean? I'm like it's doing this, eating yeah. the steak and using the key and shit. And then, Manipulating everything yeah, to, and I, to I, go your way. And I think yeah, the universe, you. yeah, the universe was like, nah, little homie, like you're here for, we didn't give you that information for that. And so I think that's exactly what happened is I was super spiritual because I found it. And then once I found it, I was like, ooh, I'm so hyped and all this. And then it smacked me back down. But it gave me another chance to like shine this light and talk about this stuff. And that's the first time I ever even explained that. Yeah. And it's a very good question you asked because that's exactly what happened is I went from spiritual to material and then it smacked me back to spiritual, you know? And when you came, um, when you came up out of your coma, when did you start to, and I asked this just because of the experience I went through, is when did you start to process the information that you were getting in these, in these, these visions that you were getting when you were in a coma. You know what I'm saying? Like, when yeah. did you come out? Because now you come out of a coma, and now you're looking around, and you're like, okay, I got to deal with this shit. And then you have all these visions that you're like, now you're a different human being, and you have to kind of integrate Bounty. into like, how to heal, what's happening, you know, yeah. like this whole new person That's happening. a good question. So it took me, you're like psychotic when you come out of a coma, you know what I'm saying? Because you're like, you can't compute what's reality and not reality. You know, in my dreams, like I said, some of the good dreams, I had like nightmares, you know, I had dreams where like um, I was in hell, you know, and I was like at the bottom of Church of Skating in Santa Barbara and that like, it's crazy because in a nutshell, I had, when it had happened, I was driving up to Santa Barbara and it was very peaceful. And I think when the accident happened, then they put me on the drugs and I'm in a coma. So that's a peaceful time. And then I was like outside of Church of Skating and the, the girl who is owns, which is very weird. I feel like a lot of it was seeing the future. Right. 
And so Tony Bulas had passed just recently. But in my dream, Tony Bulas wasn't there at Church of Skating, which there's no way he wouldn't have been there when I was there. Yeah. And so it was Krishna was doing a painting of all the Shorties members, and we all had to sit there very still, which coincides with me being in a coma. So then at a certain point, um, and I'm going to keep it as short as possible. It's a long, there's a lot of detail to it. But so pretty much I drive up to Santa Barbara. I'm very peaceful. i getting drawn, like they're painting me outside of church. I go to get a water or something, and when I go to get a water, it was like Slugworth coming in Willy Wonka when he goes to talk to Charlie. And this person came and was like, yo, like, their Spike Jones is making a movie about skateboarding. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, yeah, like, let's go. And so they brought me to this movie set, and it was super weird, like, weird angles you had to walk through, and I had to duck under stuff. And then, like, I was waiting for Spike Jones to come, and we were waiting for, like, a day or two. You know what I mean? And I asked the girl, like, how long have you waited for before and she's like a week and i was like holy shit this is crazy you know and then this dude comes and he's like walking super weird and i'm like because i kept asking is that him is that him is that him and she's like no 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 and i asked like is that him because this dude looked weird you know and then she's like no that's not him and then just like willy wonka he like turned around and it was him you know and he's like what up and then so that was one part of the dream and then it went from i feel like that was the beginning of when I was in a coma to where it was mellow. Then I was underneath church and I was like grip taped to a chair and it was like hell. And there was like a devil type dude, you know, no, I was, my mom was right there and I was like, mom, help me. And she couldn't help me, you know? And it was like, I feel like a metaphor for me being not the best person I could be in life. You know what I'm saying? And just checking me and being like, look, bro, like this is what it could be. And while I was downstairs, they were playing the movie upstairs. And so everyone, I could hear everyone, I could see the reflections of it, and I was like, damn, that's like my nightmare, is not being able to go to the premiere, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you had to be there. My whole life, I've been guilty, fulfilled a dream, we're at the premiere watching it, and then so, and this, I, I, I went into, I talked about a little bit on a different one, uh, the Nine Club, but I'm going to go more detail, because it's, it's relevant to what's happening now, and it'll explain about how hard it was to get out of it when I woke up. Then something was happening so there was like these fires or something were happening in my dream that are happening now then but i don't know if it was the fires but it was something major was happening right then the tvs were going and it was like the tv would say a starburst commercial somebody would walk by with the starburst so like what was on tv was reality right which is like what's happening now then fast forward I, we go to like some crazy spot where it was like a atomic bomb fallout shelter. And then like everyone's wearing these. This is in your dream. Obviously. All in my dream. Yeah. It's kind of a long story, so I'm just going to sum it up. No, no, just do it. Just go through it. Um, I'm tripping on everyone because everyone's wearing these things and shit. And like, but they were wearing it in the, the ICU because they had to wear the stuff to not get anyone infected, you know? So it's COVID. Yeah. And in my dream, I knew it was, like, fake, too, because I was like, nah, this is something. They're keeping us here. They're doing this. You yeah, know what I'm saying? they're trapping and, us. Trapping us. And then uh, when I... Then I get transferred to somewhere. And then in my dream, the accident had, like, happened in my dream again, and it seemed like these people did it to me. But the people who did it to me were the jackass people. 
And so Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O and these people. And <laughs> Jeff Tremaine. Yeah, and, and I know these people, yeah, which is crazy. And on top of it, I'm <laughs> like, anyone who knows me, like I got six older brothers. Like I know people everywhere. Like if it's San Diego, San Francisco, if it's Spain to Spokane, like I'm good. So I'm in a vulnerable position for the first time in my life where I can't get no help. And these people are attacking me. And I'm looking at them like, it's over, bro. <laughs> like when this shit, when I get to where I need to go, like you guys are done. You know, you better really end me. And then by by that but that by that time, I'm like, yo, dude, just stop. You know, and they're over there like laughing and shit. You know what I mean? Like seriously laughing. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. And then uh they did like a movie about me, and it was like, it was so it's so crazy talking about it all now. So they did a movie, and I'm laid up, and like uh Stevie Williams, Jay Farrell, and the people from Jackass have all like conspired to do a movie a tv show about me and pretty much like clown me you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. this is going on in your coma this is my coma yeah and then so i'm like uh then at one point i'm laying up in the hospital bed in my in the it's a fake movie you know what i'm saying and this is going back and forth with like the spike jones movie and this Stevie and all them doing it. Stevie, I love you, bro. I know you ain't doing nothing. You know, it's all good. But this is what was happening in my dream. DGK. Yeah. And um, so at one point, I'm laying there. And I'm like, what had happened is that I started to notice things were weird because, like, everyone was acting. And so, like, my nephew came in. And he was, like, being different than how he is. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know? And, like, then I realized, oh, they're doing something, you know? This is like a movie, and I'm waiting for my brother the whole time, but my brother hasn't been able to come because he's working, my older brother, Robbie. And then so I'm like, uh, and I thought it was the people at Vans had put up the money, and so I'm sitting here, like, tripping and shit, and then I'm looking at this screen, and it was, like, saying stuff in the pixels, you know? So, like, the screen is off, but I could see it. There was something in there, and it was like them talking to me in my dream. And, and so I literally went into the computer program in my mind mm. and was like backdoored it. De- I'm not even decoded it. Yeah, sure. and I'm not even computer pro I'm yeah. not even I don't do that. And I realized it was them, you know, and I could start to see it. And it was like executive producer, uh Jay Farrow, executive producer from uh Jeff Tremaine or one yeah. of those people, I forget the name, executive producer Stevie. And then I was talking to them. I was like, dude, take me off this. And I think that's when I was starting to get more kind of awake in my reality. And then at the same time, I don't know when that part or this part was happening, but I know that they were all like kind of going at the same time. It was that Spike Jones, that Mountain Dew and these people had put up money. This is like a different part of the dream. They had put up money and this was all fake. And then so they had done this to me to like check me and like wake me up out of my like nonsense life I was living. And then so they were like coming and taking everything off. And it was fake though, you know, but they were still like not nah, so even like spiritual message, jackass style. Yeah, it's super <laughs> weird. And I'm sorry, it's, it's a so, little bit hard to explain. No, it's yeah. not, because I, I get it. I get it completely. I yeah, and it. so Yeah, the situations are similar between the two of you. That's yeah, that's what when I'm talking about. When it comes to talking about it, but comes you just, to you know, you went in and came out of a coma and you had these experiences. I just had them kind of like not in a coma. That's why I found it fascinating when you're saying it. I have, I identify with And you're lucky because I wish that, 
you know, and it shows you it's a testament. You're probably more in tune than I was, you know what I'm saying? And so you were ready to be like, you know what I mean? You were, you, your spiritual was more ready to be awakened. Because I feel like mine, it was like... <laughs> I, don't I don't know about that. I mean, no, I, you know, I, 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 mean I don't know, know where you were, but I know where he was, and he wasn't ready when it hit him. Yeah, That's why like, it hit I didn't him know, so hard. I didn't know it's spiritual. He got was blindsided. Just, yeah. I, felt, it, I feel like we both kind of did. You know what I mean? Like, you got blindsided. I got... Yeah. Down. But it's definitely the same. Like, this dude predicted earthquakes and disaster, and he had a lot of predictions that were similar to what you saw in your dreams, mm-hmm. you know, in your augmented reality while you were out. You know, Joey saw That's a cool. lot of those same things when he was walking around and he was telling people while he was having it happen. And everyone thought he had lost his mind. Because I get excited too. Because like, say the way you're used to thinking every day, I knew I wasn't going crazy, mm-hmm. but it just changed. Because it's just the images look different. So I got a little more excited about it. You know what I mean? Like when I saw Eddie, I was like, you know, you couldn't wait to tell everybody yeah, what was going was on different. and people are like, yeah. whoa. What? Definitely new excitement. Yeah. You know, but it just the things I was talking about weren't exciting. They were more scary. And so it just, just tended to make me seem like I was losing something. Mm-hmm. And so when you said a lot of the visions that you were having, I was having very similar um, visions. And even the timing of it and just a lot of things that were happening with you. And then you, when you came out of your coma, you started you got heavily into art, right? Yeah, I was like... Um I was just, it wasn't art per se. It was just like, I need to be on some more, like the bricks and the skating thing, you know what I'm saying? I just want to do, I spent so much of my life just chasing passion, you know, and I was so far away from skating and everything that it kind of just brought me right back to it. And then my buddy Sean and uh, Mia at uh, Radiant Space had an opportunity to do an art show it was crazy because that's what I kind of look at life too is that like when the, your situation happened, you're like, you can choose not to see it or you can choose to see it. And so when I, from the coma, when I woke up, it was like things were clear as day, you know, in, in the sense of opportunities and things that I would just take for granted and, and doing things based on, I feel like this is the main thing in life is that a lot of people do things based on money and money is like the lowest vibration you can get. You know what I'm saying? And the things that make the most money in the world are things that people just do because they want to do it and it's in their heart and their soul. You know what I'm saying? Like George Lucas made $4 billion off of Star Wars. Like something in his heart and soul told him to make that. Yeah. You know, and so... It's creative. Exactly. I think it's actually... I don't think it's... I don't think money's the lowest vibration. I think it's a different vibration. I think it's what you do with the money. That's true. You know what I mean? Because you... It's... Whether you're, if you're bartering with somebody, if, okay, if there's no bartering, we're in a place where we have to, you know, it's money, but I just think it's kind of what you well, do. Well, it goes it. back to money as a root of all or evil. what you'll do to yeah. get it. It's what I you'll mean, do to get it and the things you, you know. Money is a root of all evil. I mean, that phrase came from a certain perspective, you know, mm-hmm. from someone. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but, you know, Michael Beckwith teaches that prosperity is great because you can do more with it to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more you have, the more you can give. Exactly. Um, but I do agree I said, yeah. on a certain level. It's like if you really think about it, there's, you know, like look at the fast food industry. It's a huge industry and it's like the lowest vibration of feeding, you know, of nutritional value food that you can have. Mm-hmm. But yet it's such a huge industry. So there's some validity to that statement. Yeah. And it, the thing is, too, is like I feel like certain people, you know, are just if you it's like a cat, you just throw them and they're going to land on their feet regardless. You know what I mean? And so I just looked at it as like. I'm going to get it regardless, but now I just want to do it in this dope, fun way. And just like I chose skateboarding and skateboarding gave me everything. And so when I had the opportunity to do the art show, I did that. And I brought like Chris Markovich and 
Chad Muska and my buddy Thatcher does the art for DGK. I brought all these amazing people that might not always be around each other, but that together. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? To create. And create. I actually got, have Chris's work at my house. I have Chad at my house. Oh, see? I did a couple of shows with Chris. That's dope. Yeah. And people that I grew up like just idolizing, and now I can have the opportunity to put them together. And then from that, I mean, look, I'm on this show, and just a bunch of other amazing things have been happening where I can like help enlighten other people and just be a bigger light in the world instead of just focused on just me and what I need, you know? When you started, you started working with kids, right? We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I've been helping um, from my accident. I've been like doing some talks at schools and stuff and just speaking about just like living a better life and just um, my buddy Brandon Turner. I'm also sober like 18 months. My buddy Brandon Turner, he's doing a sober living and uh, I don't know if it's sober living, but basically like a rehab facility, but not like in the rudimentary terms of just like getting people out skating and just doing better stuff. So right. now I just have a, a better outlook on it. And, and what you guys do too with your charity, with helping people that are dealing with depression and stuff, that's kind of why with the art and all this stuff, it's like people like us, we have the opportunity to like shine the light on that and be like, hey, like not only do we understand the depression, sometimes you're just depressed because you're viewing life a certain way because life is being projected onto you a certain way instead of seeing the bird flying or the tree growing or like we're saying, you know what I mean? Right. I said it was like spiritual depression. You know, people start tripping and be like, well, if you look what's happening, how are you actually to connect to, to what you're supposed to be connecting to, the planet, the earth? Like, yeah, it's focus. Spend yeah. what you focus on. The, the other thing is when you look at... I, I, I speaking for me but I know Eddie and, and just from what you just said a lot of people that have had or been diagnosed like, say with bipolar disorder or usually most have addiction issues or people that have a lot of these uh, spiritual experiences that you start talking they'll, they'll have had addiction issues growing up mm -hmm. so they do kind of parallel each other um, and I think the reason being is that when you start to have these feelings and some of these experiences that we will start to self-medicate you know, with mm -hmm. the drinking or different things to dull some of the information down. So, you know, when I was younger, you know, say you're bipolar, and I, I guess I understood what they were saying. I was different. I didn't mm -hmm. really understand the scientific study of what bipolar meant, but I did know that I had highs and lows. Yeah. I understood that. Yeah, that part. But I was yeah. like, fuck, I'm not switching that in. Yeah. I like my highs. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I don't want it. The lows are just, well, just stay away from me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're trying to figure out something else to make it easier for you to <laughs> teach me. To, no. Yeah, just give me but some I actually, time. I, yeah, but I just feel that, you know, talking to people, and especially with kids and skating and street art and, you know, a lot of kids don't, aren't, you know, may have a different experience growing up. Mm -hmm. and whatever that experience may be, I feel that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. But skateboarding, surfing, and art, and some of these other ways are, are ways I feel that kids are the way I did. We're channeling, and like when I'm skateboarding, I'm not talking to anybody. Like mm -hmm. you said something that's very interesting. The tick, 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 that, 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 the, the bricks in your head. That's like yeah. something that will, it's like a code that will probably stay in your head till they, till the light yeah, goes off. Until it's over. You know, just something that's yeah, like I, you know what I mean. It's just one yeah. of those things. It was just part of your. It's like your heartbeat. Exactly, and you I know? think a lot of people. That's what I see, kind of in the world too, is that like, you know, um, like Jay Electronica. I talked about him a different time, but he's like signed to Jay Z. He's like dating a Rothschild, like, but he got signed when he was like 32, 33 years old, and he talks about in his music how low he was at certain times. You know what I mean? And so I think 
in life, that's kind of what's amazing about doing shows like this and just putting this in the world is that like whatever you're going through, you don't know how magical your life is supposed to be. And sometimes like today isn't forever. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that forever, it could be two, three, five years. It could be for Jay Electronica. It was from the day he was born to when he was 32 years old. But then imagine sharing an album with Jay-Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now you're like, okay, I get it. You know? So imagine how many people we've lost on this planet by thinking that that one day is going to be the rest of their life and it's not you know you don't know how magical and how special you are until you can make it to that point you know yeah we were talking earlier and i was you know speaking on one of the things that excites me about what we're doing here is you know i don't know about i do know about skaters we're all it's there's a lot of ego right involved in performing whether it's music it's art or it's skateboarding it's always trying to be better or bigger yeah and sometimes you don't feed your soul enough right we're not the most apt guys to go out and ask for help no we got this yeah you know what i'm saying i'm gonna get this like when you're trying to learn a trick you're not like hey chad can you tell me what i need to maybe every once in a while but most of the time you're in your own head and you're gonna figure it out mm-hmm. so what i like most about what we're doing here one of the things is that we're all the same but we just don't ask for that help but we want to provide a platform where guys know it's okay or girls know it's okay for you to ask a friend for help when you need it because it's not the end of the world whatever you're going through at that moment this your your circumstance isn't your reality exactly i like that you know what i mean so that's why i want to get stevie on the show too that's why i brought chad they're chad every skater's not chad chad is a very unique individual mm-hmm. yeah and he's open and he's willing to share his experiences good and bad with everyone yeah and not a lot of dudes do that they want to talk about the win but not the loss because the loss is is seen as a bad thing and like you said earlier what happens it doesn't happen to you it happens for you but it's a thought process that you have to work on and Hopefully, we'll all three do some good stuff on that when it comes to the art show coming up. We'll yeah. be able to pull in some of these guys that, you know, people look up to these because kids, of the yeah. wins. They look up to us because of the wins, mm-hmm. but they should also know that the losses can contribute, if not more, to our lives and, and our and our ability to keep going than the win does. Yeah, win lasts for five minutes. Exactly, and the brick shots last last forever. You know what I'm saying? And Jordan said, forever. like, yeah, right. he remembers more of the brick shots that almost went in. But I think, too, that a lot of people that, you know, like Chad or Stevie, these people, like, they had, both those people had similar come-ups, you know what I mean? Where when, if you looked at their lives before skating and even at certain moments in skating, you know, like Chad broke his ankle during the in-between Maple and Toy Machine days, and then Stevie was on Element and had a trajectory to be one of the greatest and then had a was on Fit and Little Companies and then got on Chocolate in D.C. And so people see only the wins, but those guys have been through all those other times that built them for that and so a lot of people whether it's you're going to be a teacher a doctor a therapist a surfer a skater sometimes you just keep going and it gets better and better you know what i'm saying and for whatever reason sometimes i mean i know people hit peaks at different times and i think that's what i see too is that when people are looking at other people you know i deal with this a lot in my life where like sometimes not, a, not sometimes, a lot of times in my life, there's always somebody pointing at somebody else to me. Right. And I'm like, man, like, that's their win. So, yeah, I think, like, sports, especially, like, when you look at sports teams, it gives you a good, like, peek into people's lives in general. But it's like people go through lows and highs, and they think that's, like, forever, but it isn't, you know? And you always... You know, like, uh, I'm a sports guy, but, like, Drew Brees, I think, was, like, not even playing. And then they brought him back, and he balled out and won more Super Bowls, you know? So that's an analogy for people that are out there that are dealing with things, you know? But at the end of the day, I feel like 
you need a good team around you and you need to be open about being low, you know, because when you get low, people get on their little hermit side of things. And so I don't think that's a good thing. You just be open with people and then you never know what's around the corner, you know? Yeah, I think Jimmy Iovine said something to LeBron and I don't know exactly what it is, but it was to the effect that like anyone can be a great player, but it's the people you surround yourself with that helps you get through, you know, get to that next level and be all you can be. Mm -hmm. And that's true. It yeah, is. Definitely true. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to Jimmy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Jimmy Ivey. That's what's up. Dr. Dre. Legend. Yeah. Big ball and billionaires. So the art show, um, we're doing the online art show. Yeah, so since we can't gather, you know, I don't know if you know, but I did the last two shows. Muska was in both of them, I think, um, along with Retina and a whole list of other people like Shepard Ferry and... Um, a big long list of people can't even remember at this point but we're going to do another one but it's going to be virtual and the concept this time we picked out three different uh, organizations to work with one is Assist which helps with mental wellness or illness however you look at it and the idea that you're not having a spiritual break or a breakdown you're having a yeah, they, they, spirit they teach awakening people if you, you know how to determine if someone's having a psychosis or a spiritually transformative experience you know, so I think that, you know, there's so many people like, like my whole life, I was uh, diagnosed, you know, younger ADD, and as you get older, it goes into bipolar and whatever, a myriad of, you know, whatever it is they, that, that they say you may have. Um, and then we're also working with Rock to Recovery. Rock to Recovery. So it's always, you know, the, just the addiction. Mm -hmm. Similar, and, and, similar. And then, yeah, there's, I feel like they just keep paralleling, and, and it just, that's kind of where I ended up. I only know through my experience, you know what I mean, Eddie? Have shared in some of the same struggles, and and it it all has to do with spirituality. So I, you know, like I I do believe that people do some of these things to kind of find themselves, even the bad things. It's mm -hmm. all trying to find them, you know, because you'll figure it out. It's usually the shittiest times when when like you find it. You find the keys to your light at the bottom of your darkness. Yeah, and then we're also working with the sovereign nation. Yeah. Um, to try to you Native know, Americans and raising money for Native American tribes awesome. and yeah yeah yeah. and the sure. concept is we're going to take surfboards skateboards and instruments uh so the music portion will be guitars or drum kit who knows what we're going to get we're going to try and get as much as we that can that started by an accident by the way too so what happened was i came out of the, a mental institution called eddie because i told people like um he says people are speaking to him dead people are speaking to him <laughs> well i went to eddie and because no one else was going to talk to me at the time but what happened was <laughs> Well, the funny thing was, is that uh, I was telling, I was having communication with people that had transitioned, and one of the people I had communicated with was a guy by the name Andy Irons, and so I was driving through Malibu Canyon, and I'd called Eddie, um, and I explained to him these experiences I was having, and I told him, I said, bro, I just had an experience. Andy Irons was talking to me, and had this Japanese flag on his board, I could see it in my head, and he was like, how long did you get off the phone? And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm, I just called you. Like minutes after, uh, Bruce or somebody called called you and said, "Hey, I got a board." Yeah, I was hanging out with Bruce Irons. You knew Bruce Irons is yeah. right, surfer. Legends, so shout out those guys. Yeah, man. We um, big shout out to Bruce and Pat from Ruka uh, Block. But we were at Coachella. I think we had just come back from Coachella, 
and Joey's telling me that he was having this this Andy Irons thing. I'm like, oh, it's funny. I was just with Bruce today. I'm going to have dinner with him tonight. And then we went to dinner that night, and I'm like, would you donate a board? And he's like, yeah. And he opened his trunk and just handed me one of his brother's boards. Like that day? Like, like I was the same day. Right? It was just like, So like that happened. It went ding, ding, ding. So, so, so I was saying by mistake, end up out of a mental institution. All my friends that had passed away or my dad had died from drinking or drugs. And so this was the experience I'd been in. So it had to do with spirituality, addiction. And I'd had my own struggles with addiction my whole life. So that kind of bookends to where we are here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's in, it's so interesting that you explain it like that because I feel like, and that's the thing, I think, when people are going through it, it's like there's so many, like Chance the Rapper said it. He said, I don't believe in science. I believe in signs. You know, we're all getting so many signs thrown at us, you know, but a lot of people, I don't think they could see it. So it's dope that you could even tune in enough to see it and then you called him and he's showing Bruce Irons and I feel like because when you're telling me that story like I had uh, I was chilling with these dudes in Santa Barbara and it was a surfer homie and then um, do you guys remember that surfer who died a little bit ago Emery I don't but he was a dope surfer he was sponsored and everything he got in a fight in Santa Barbara but then I was chilling with some people in Santa Barbara and it, I don't even vibe with new people that well you know I do now more because I'm open but then I was chilling with dude all night. I'm like, man, you're cool, dog. Like, I don't know. There's something about you. But he was friends with all my friends. And then, like, we were, like, showing each other our tattoos. It was like a moment from uh, Boogie Nights. You know, he said, how much you bench, man? How much you bench, man? I asked you first, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he had this tattoo of Emery, and I looked at him, and, like, I was like, dude, I was just with his brother, like, a little bit ago. And so the signs, and I just lost my dad, so it's crazy right. that the, the signs you got from Andy Irons, and maybe that Bruce wasn't even maybe getting the signs and then it was coming through you because I feel like sometimes it's too much. That's what I feel like in life is that it's you got to be in the right moment. It's like surfing, you know? It's like you're not going to catch the wave unless you're right where the wave is, but think about where you have to be to catch the wave. There's this yeah. huge ocean, yeah. and you got to be right in that little spot. Right, same, right spot. But with it, though, those synchronicities are there for everybody to have immediately if you pay attention. Hey, by the way, like my, they're happening. My, my graffiti name is Synchronicity. Oh, but let's have, a, let's have a tattoo moment. So you mentioned Chance the Rapper. My daughter did this. Well, she wrote it, but it says, I must be all I can be. That's a Chance the Rapper. That's time. Yeah. And Risk right there. Yeah, man. Risk. He did that himself, actually. First tattoo he ever did. I had two tattoos, and they both got burned off. And it was, I love this game. Wow. And then a bunch of family and friends that had died. They're like, are you going to get another tattoo? And I looked at them like, hell no. Like, I'm yeah. not touching my skin. Yeah, leave me no alone. Doubt. No doubt. Are but, you going to get another tattoo? Nah, I don't. Because I just went through so much pain on yeah, my skin. Yeah, you're good. You intentionally it. hurt. You're, yeah. I thought about it because I'm like, it could make it less burn looking. But then I'm just like, whatever, you know? Yeah. But... Yeah, that's crazy stories with the um, synchronicity. and It's crazy because as you were saying it, you're like, he had just given me his brother's boards. I used to own a skate shop called Brother's Boards. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, it's, it's happening so right now. Yeah, you know? that's what's up. We're, we're synced. Yeah. We're it's plugged a, yeah. in. It's interesting when, when people, I think when people, like you said, feel trusted, your team, the people that you pull around you, the, the people that you surround yourself with, are the people that are going to make you excel or not excel based on the trust factors and the things that, you know, that's, you know, you, you can do much more amazing things when you really believe the people around you really believe in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's like one of the key, I think one of the keys, because I felt when I was going through this experience that when people weren't understanding me, it, it was making me, that's the thing that was making me feel crazy. It wasn't, I didn't, they were like, was there a time, did you, did you feel crazy? 
And so I'm like, fuck, no, I didn't fucking feel crazy. I was getting pissed. Yeah. And then they go, look, he's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? You've just been poking at me now, like, so that you're yeah. yeah. So I was like, so, no, I just want you to understand. You asked me a question. I conveyed how I felt to you. And now you're diagnosing me with something. I have no idea what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. And I have to take those pills for the rest of my life. And I was like, I just don't see. I don't see that as the remedy. And so that's where I go. That's, you know, and so I never really felt crazy. You know, I, I, I felt different for sure. But I knew that I was state, like I knew that there was a stability to something happening. So, so things were changing, you know. That's why the, the fascinating thing when I read about other people's experiences through near-death experiences or like if somebody lost somebody and they were, you know, freaking out that these, these awakenings are triggered. And, and I find it fascinating how people, you know, trans, you know, are express those, those experiences. Because I think for a lot of other people that are going through it, when they think they're actually losing their minds, it's pretty helpful. Because they're not actually losing anything. They're actually finding something pretty amazing. Yeah, they're gaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it, like, ne- what you just said, I never thought about. Like, you thinking you were crazy and then be- people telling, you know, making you mad and then you starting to spin out a little bit. Yeah. Now I can see that very clearly. Like, when we were feeding the homeless, you were cool as a cucumber. Yeah. But as soon as we got over to the house with Jeff Goldstein, you were, like, really, it wasn't comfortable because you weren't around. You were around people that had so much doubt. And that yeah, energy is probably yeah. to someone that's so open and, and that you said it, you're, you don't really want to talk about it a lot because people can't accept it. But I, now I see that. I can. We were feeding homeless, bro. You were cool as hell. Everyone's like, Joey's off, isn't he? I'm like, not really. Like, I don't, I don't see that. Yeah, it looks normal, you know. So they were tripping on the whole thing, and the fun that, that I was really successful, and so nobody would even went and did that. To tell you the truth, if I the people I would ask me to go feed homeless people, it's like, yeah, dude, you're tripping. And Eddie was like, let's go. So it was interesting that. You know, the people that you don't, you know, for, not for me, I knew, I guess because I'm here, but they weren't really understanding what's happening. And, and in a way that Eddie didn't think at the time he understood, he obviously did because did he did. So his soulfully knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. His, his bumping around. Well, I didn't really know what I was doing when I was walking around in my brand new Jordans in the rain. <laughs> stepping over tents, trying to open the tent up to give a guy a thing full of food. I was kind of pissed off, actually, but... I was going through it. It's like allowing things instead mm-hmm. of thinking you know what the outcome's going to be for you. Yeah. I was like, I'm following Joy wherever he goes. If that means stepping in puddles and feeding homeless people that aren't and necessarily is- wanting the food right now, I'm going to knock on the tent door again and go, it's food. So I didn't necessarily know. Like, I was definitely, but I, I did it. I know? think a lot of the, um, like what you were saying before, like people think people are going crazy, but I think that the way that society's set up is crazy. You know what I mean? So if you're trying to be a normal individual and do normal good things, then it's going to seem crazy. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it is like there's something like a way a dog could see ghosts, but we can't see ghosts. You know, there's something about when you're open to what is actually happening that you get these signals and signs like, hey, bro, like, go do this. You know, go help the homeless go because you can. You know what I mean? So you could go eat. You could go to the Four Seasons and get a $2,000 brunch all day. That's nice. But to go, that's one second and, and two hours of your day and after you just got a hangover. Or you could go help these homeless people and that's like, man, for a week, you're like, man, that felt pretty good. You know, this now the homeless person, he feels good because somebody came to him and now you were a light to somebody who's maybe in darkness. You know, we're all like each other's weird 
uh, nets to catch each other, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you said it. It's like light and dark, you know? It's either you're feeding one side or the other. Yeah. You know, I had a weird situation happen to me last week where I was going dark, and Joey reminded me, stay on that side. You can't be on both. Right. You can be, but it's not comfortable. Yeah. And I chose the light yeah. side, yeah, and then and the right thing, the right the out, right outcome came. Like, when I got here, I couldn't wait to tell Joey that, like, he was right again. And like me not reacting in this dark way led to a light outcome for not only myself, but also everyone else involved. You know, it's so interesting is somebody, if I was to take him and he was to say the same exact thing to me in a two hour time, different period, he would have got this, he would have got his answer. He was just dealing with the emotional energy that he was about to make a decision at that time. And so when he came to me, he had to let that thing kind of settle back down. And I, but I didn't want to also tell him what not to do. I said, mm -hmm. you know what to do. It's actually, you know what the goal behind it is? I go, look up, Eddie. I yeah. go, take a deep breath. It's totally up to you. And to I told my it. attorney that. <laughs> right now, look, you could do it. I was talking to my attorney on the way over here, and I told him that because it actually, I have to give this guy some paperwork. You know, it's a deal gone bad, whatever. And I called my attorney, and my attorney said, you know, gave me some good advice. And I was like, I told him. Because when I get emotional, I don't make great decisions. I, I, anger is easily accessible for me. And when it is, it's just a bad outcome for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not going to end well. And I told my attorney, I go, well, you know, thank you for that. That's great because you just reconfirmed. I go, but the way I got to this point was my boy Joey said, go outside and just look up at the sky and say, it's up to you. It's your choice. You can either harm this human being or you can just let the nature take its course. Right. And I let nature take its course and it ended up good for everybody. That's right, dude. And yeah, usually, you know, it's weird how life it puts you in. I feel like all three of us were, and that's what a lot of people, it's like if you want to even kill life, you're going to have an even killed life. But all three of us are probably the same type. You know, I grew up with six older brothers, so like it's right there. You know what I'm saying? Like right there. But then, it, like you said, it never ends up good. And so to be like calm, and we're like here to help be calm because a lot of people can't. You know, yeah. a lot of people, they let it go to those extremes and then bad things happen, you know? Well, that's what we're taught, that society. Like, I mean, now, especially with everybody ra road raging and yelling at each other in the grocery stores, like it's at an all-time high. This is it right here. And yeah. it's, and it, and it's <laughs> nuts. But that's the programming. That's It's intentional. That's why the chaos is created, so that people don't understand that the, those ground, to separate your ground wires. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important for us to remind people who are like us that that's not, that's not the only option for you. You know, right. breathing it out, settling down, not, you know, going through all that really comes out to a better outcome for everybody involved. It really does, you know, and it, I, we had talked about it before, but it's something I wanted to touch on too, because it's the same type situation, because whether it's harming yourself or harming others, you know, it's like I had a moment like that where I wanted to, I didn't even want to be here no more, and it wasn't because I was like, I was just low about this world, you know what I mean? And so, like, people get to you or things happen and just people are just people, you know what I'm saying? But they're, they don't know what they do, you know what I'm saying? It's human forgive nature. Them. you got to forgive people for human nature. Exactly. But then I had a dream where uh, an alien straight came to me in a dream. But it was like you're saying, like, that he was your alien at that moment. And that's what I feel like with these shows. It's dope to shine this light on people and be like, you know, because for me, just like my accident, I'd almost die to wake up. And then at that moment, I was like partied out for like, I had just got a bunch of money. I'd gone for probably a month straight, just partying like nonstop. And I had a dream where an alien came and the sky like opened up and it was like, 
it came like Back to the Future would, like the the DeLorean. Yeah. But where it opened up at, the spaceship came and it was halfway built. And so like when the time travel or whatever happens, you like rip the time space continuum and then it goes so fast that it has to catch up with itself. And I watched a UFO like build in front of my eyes, you know? And I realized it's funny because he came in like a Bugatti, Rolls Royce, Ferrari, Lamborghini, all that. All mixed up. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and I realized that UFOs have so many lights because they shine so many directions before they go. So if you're in the space and you want to go here, you got to shine a light to make sure you can go there. Yeah. And so that's why there's so many lights. And this thing, a one-seater, too. And usually when you think of UFOs, you think of a big-ass spaceship. Yeah. He came in a one-seater, like a fly-ass thing. Yeah. Like, Instantly, I was like, I want that. Yeah, no you know doubt. what I mean? Like, all right, all these other things. Chop top, fucking some rims. Yeah, and I, I ran in the house. I was all scared and shit. And then I was like, it's crazy because I was, you know what I mean? And the, the, the why I brought it up is because that anger and this, it's the same type of emotion. You know what I'm saying? So my anger was being put in myself, you know, and I was like, I'm over this place, I don't like this place, but because, and at the same time, I'd got a lot of skating done, and a lot of handrails or stuff I wouldn't have done normally because I didn't care about dying. Yeah. So I was like, let's go, and then it was working. After skating, I didn't have anywhere to channel it, and so I was just getting faded and like literally almost dying, partying, and I go in the house, then I, I'm like, you know what, I don't care about dying. So if I don't care about dying, let's open this door. You know what I mean? Like, it's on. And this shadow comes, like a scene out of a movie, huge shadow, then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then a David Hasselhoff type <laughs> dude comes. And I'm like, who is this good? It's the Hoff, you know? But he looked at me and he said, I'm from Sirius. And he said, everything that you see is real. And the people, they just can't see it. And basically, don't even trip on it. You know, don't even try to wake these people up. Just stay on your path and be on the light. And I didn't even remember anything else he told me besides that. But when I woke up, I woke up, and me and my wife were having the craziest downfall ever. And I remember talking to her, and I was just like, whatever, like, it's all good. You know, and I wasn't even tripping. And so that's what reminded me of it is because when he talked to you, that's your brother talking to you. And when that alien came to me, it was my my brother, my space brother, my yeah. uncle coming to talk to me. You know, so the awakenings you were talking about, too, I feel like that's what it is, is that we're being sent energy from other places and you can either feel it or don't feel it and so people who are thinking they're crazy or in mental asylums or having to take Prozac they're maybe just tapping into it but this world is making them feel crazy and then so after that and that's where I feel like my life is at this point because I go back and forth and so I was on point and then you get off track and so just like your brother put you on point and being on this show and meeting you guys it gets me more back in my spiritual path you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, bro. We appreciate you coming in. And thanks for having me. Have yeah. Come another 25 times. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> now, this isn't the end. We got to do some on the art stuff. Like, we got to build because we have yeah. too many friends yeah. in common. Like, let's when you tell it. these, when you tell Stevie and them that you're working with me on this show, they'll be like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, especially because, so sorry to cut you off. No. S especially because um, right now there's been like a couple people, like, rest in peace, Ben Ramers, like, he was like on Volcom, like sponsored with all the ill sponsors and he took his own life. So it's a very important time to like shine light on these matters and talk about like if somebody's hurt when I'm laid in the hospital, you can tell I'm hurt. But when somebody's mentally hurt, you can't really see it. So we got to like help lift these people and let them know, like yeah. be open. You know what I'm saying? And, and shine 
not shine your light, but shine your problems so somebody can shine their light on your problems. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, and, sure. and I think us just verbalizing that and talking about it and being about it is what's most important. You know, it's great that there's these outlets and these resources, but I think that uh, people seeing people like us being able to admit these things will help them see that they're like us and they can admit these things too. Exactly. You know, because we're all in this together. We're all one. So if I can do it, you can do it. Or, you know what I mean? That's the truth. We are all one, yeah. And thanks for having me on. And yeah. hopefully we can keep it moving and do this art show. And, like, I know people who... It's random because Nick Merlino just hit me up. And he does crazy art, like Bob Ross-type art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's in Jackass, actually. So it's the new Jackass. Great. So let's do it. Let's get, let's uh, get him in. I'll get Brandon Turner to donate a board. We'll have Nick Merlino draw on it. And bam, yeah. there we go. But that's know? the idea. You cross... You know, you, yeah, you, you, you cross pollinate or whatever. Why don't you tell us about Gift though, real quick before we go? Oh, Gift, yeah, like it's uh, from when I had the spiritual awakening, I was kind of like lost or whatever, and then it kind of came to me. I made some fulfill the dream hats, and then like they didn't, shorties didn't really want me to do that, and the owner was going through some health problems, so he's like, just chill, you know. And I ended up doing some other hats, like the board and the stone hats, but I made these shorts too, so. Brandon Turner and me teamed up and gift. I called it that because life is a gift. So I was like, you know, if you surf, skate, whatever, like that's your gift yeah. you're giving to life. And so it's just been fun, you know, and like complete passion project, you know what I mean? And just having fun. And Brandon Turner just dropped a amazing part on Thrashers, like straight comeback part after all this time. And um, I, he dropped a video part and an interview. So it's been amazing, like from a company owner having a pro skaters also company owner it's like a dream come true and just people have been feeling it it's a slow start but i've been really excited you know well we got to get gift involved in the show yeah let's yeah. do it i mean that the message is on point with what yeah, we're trying yeah. to do so and it's all like like this one for example it's like the truck from gleaming the cube with all the skaters and stuff nice so it's all just like i'm taking i, I call it like the easter eggs like the things that are right in front of us that we kind of want but we don't even think of and so making it like just stuff for our culture for people to be like conversation pieces like oh that's dope you know remember boozy the clown yeah for how sure how hard was that that was dope that was like whiskey and all that yeah right? man yeah shout Back, out you to, know what you know about that yeah yeah that was the shit shout, shout out, out to, to vancouver homies and yeah man boozy the clown was the sh was was dope those were crazy he would do the crazy backflip off the like two-story his clown suit skating that yeah. was crazy. I forgot about that tour. Right yeah, now. See, Eddie knows right. what time oh, it's it cool. is. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for having me on, yeah. dude. I really appreciate yeah, it, dude. Thanks for coming and meeting and talking and sharing all your story with us. It was great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Appreciate it, too. And uh, tune in next week for The Space Between. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Sammy. Baptista. Sat Nam. Sat Nam. Out. Sat Nam. Peace. Good. We're done. Bluesy. Oh, I had to throw Bluesy. Yeah. That's what's up. I haven't heard of that in so long. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd throw the alien story in there again because we did. Dude, I was like, I was thinking about it. You said it. I was like, that the alien thing. We got. I gotta bring it up. Yeah,